Do you find yourself taking care of everybody else except yourself, whether it is an elderly loved one, kids, friends, parents, emotionally, physically, mentally, financially? We are all caretakers to some degree. And, you know, we've really got to find a way for the healer to heal thyself. Good news. Christy and I chatted with Levita PM, who has just released a groundbreaking new essential guide to really finding our way as caretakers and taking care of ourselves first, whether that's one minute before we're taking care of other people or doing a whole practice around it, which will give us peace, love, joy, and the ability to be available for other people without resentment. Check out this great pod. We hope you're doing well and uh, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Wonder Life Podcast, the voice for health and wellness, where soul, science, and technology meet. I'm your host and super fan, Andrea Ritter, and this season is our global family reunion where we will explore transformation health and wellness, and how we can unite to save our planet. We hope you are inspired. Thank you for joining. Hi, Wonder listeners. This is Christy and Andrea, and thank you so much for joining us today on the Wonder Podcast with a very, very special guest, Levita Pim from or as the author of The Peaceful Eye of the Hurricane. I feel like I have known her for at least a few lifetimes and her wisdom, her depth, her understanding of this topic is in her DNA and she's going to offer so many understandings and solutions for everyone out there caretaking. Levita, how are you this morning? Great. Thank you for having me here. I'm very excited. Always love seeing you, Christy, and love seeing you, Andrea, also. Just met you recently, but felt like I've known you for a long, long time also. Yes, we're thrilled to have you. Thank you so much. Let's dig right in. There is a staggering amount of caretakers in the U.S., The most recent statistic I could find was back from 2015, and it said that there's over 43.5 million unpaid caretakers in the U.S. caretaking for one to three people, adults to children. Is is this accurate? Yes, and and I think you'll find that that the statistics also show that most of those caretakers are women, Mm-hmm. They also, a large percentage of them also have um, a full-time job other than the caretaking, which is more than a full-time job. Absolutely. That's what exactly what I found. And I want to dig right into what do you mean? Your title of your book is The Peaceful Eye of the Hurricane. What is the hurricane? The hurricane is actually our life, you know, we have, and it's the external world of our life, that there's always chaos, no matter even if there is moments of it being calm, 
there's always chaos. It's always, we're living in a storm. And that is the hurricane of our life. And that when we focus on that hurricane, we get immersed in that hurricane, in the chaos. Yeah, the, the visuals of that are just scatteredness, like destruction, trying to keep the pieces together. That, that whole fight or flight, sympathetic nervous system, total systemic breakdown. You address a lot of things in the book. And one of the, one of the things that really hit me hard were your protocols in the triangle. Do you, where is a good place for you to start when, and if a caretaker is listening and they're just in overwhelm? Yes, thank you. That's a great question. Um, that one of the things that caregivers forget is that they have some control over their life and that they're not alone. And what I have done is uh, I've written a book and it's in those little short pieces because I know caregivers don't have the kind of time in their life to totally immerse themselves in yet something else because their to-do list is so long and that they are usually at the very bottom of that. And we know that the bottom of a list never gets completed. So it gets thrown over to the next day. So what I have done, I've been a holistic health practitioner for a number of years, and I've done uh, worked with clients since the 90s and with, with different protocols. And I, um, I created a simple process for caregivers so that they can take back moment by moment, I call it triage in their life that they can come and and shift their nervous system just for a moment uh, from the fight or flight as you were talking about into the relaxation mode and what I did was take the three main protocols that I've used with my clients over the years and put them in a simple process called the triangle of light so that's the that's the the, the nuts and bolts of what the book is based on Will you go in, would you share some of those, uh, the sides of the triangle? I, I find them absolutely, just hearing about them puts me into a more relaxed state. Yes, thank you. Well, the first thing, the, there's three different points on the triangle. And the first point is to stop and be still and take a deep breath because we have, we've been learning over the decades that that, that taking that deep breath and you'll hear many people say, oh, just take a breath. And it really works because when we do take a deep breath, what we're doing is filling the bottom part of our lungs. And there's a, um, a muscle called the diaphragm at the bottom of the lungs that's dome shaped. And that when we take a deep breath, the lungs press down on that and it pushes the belly out and it starts to shift the nervous system into the relaxation mode. And it sends a different message to the brain then. So that's the first point of the triangle. The second point of the triangle is tap on your collarbone. And the collarbone is, um, it's a part of something, one of the protocols that I use called EFT, Emotional Freedoms Technique, which I've been, uh, I was introduced to more than 20 years ago. And that is also something that is coming more into the mainstream. Many people may have, have been hearing about this but what, what EFT does, it's, it's acupressure tapping. And what we're doing is tapping on the endpoints of something called the meridians, which is the way the energy flows through our body. Now, if you went to an acupuncturist, more people are aware of what acupuncture is. 
it's the same process. But instead of sticking needles in different places in your body, what we're doing is tapping on different parts of the body. And so this, the collarbone is actually the endpoint of a meridian that can help calm anxiety. So if you're taking a deep breath and you're tapping on your collarbone, you can start to shift your nervous system. Those are the first two ways that you can start to shift your nervous system. The third point of the, of the, of the triangle is actually, I call it, um, be in your body. And the, the reason that when we bring ourselves and bring our attention into our body, it's actually the foundation of meditation. And meditation is something that also, when we practice it and over long term, what we can do is we start to shift not only the energy in our body, but we, we start to make changes in the brain. So those three points are the three points of the, of the triangle, which is in the moment triage that a person who is in a stressful situation, caregivers are in chronic stress, but we all are in stress these days. So when we can throughout the day, stop, take a deep breath, pop in our collarbone and just notice the experience that we're having in our body just for a moment. What we start to do is sweep away some of the stress hormones that are continually cascading into our body because we are in fight or flight. Fight or flight is survival. We're in survival mode and caregivers are in survival mode most of the time. So that's, those are the three points. In the book, I I, um, I, I have a whole process that starts with closing your eyes and, and imagining a beautiful color and then um, imagining a triangle that's in, the, in front of you. And then you step into the triangle with your eyes closed and then you take a deep breath, you tap on your collarbone and you open your eyes and notice that you're right here right now. You know, what's amazing is that this is something a caretaker or not where I mean, even narcissist or caretakers. So everybody could use this. And this is something that like, if you guys decide not to listen beyond this point in the podcast, that this, this tool right here is a game changer just to reset, as you said, reset your nervous system. So this, this is such a beautiful thing and it's easy to do. You don't have to do, I mean, it's, it's just about being intentional for three minutes and getting it done. Yes, it can even be done in a minute. The biggest thing is that we have to remember that we have these tools because we are usually not focused on that. But just when we remember, it's like, oh, I have, I have something I can do for my own health and well-being. That in itself brings you into the present moment. When you notice something, you notice how you're feeling then you are going, oh, I'm right here right now. So yes, and it's not just for caregivers, it's in a stressful situation. And I think that, I, I think I can, could have like, if not a hundred percent, really close to a hundred percent agreement on, yes, we live in a chronic state of stress these days, especially these days. You got a hundred and ten percent from my perspective. And I recently heard that we should be in parasympathetic nervous system 97% of the time. It floored me because that is the opposite of how we live 
and exist and our breakdown is so connected to the stress. One of the first things that happens when we are in the chronic stress mode is that it shuts down our immune system because the immune system is needed for maintenance and repair. And when we are in a stress situation, it means we're in a different part of the brain and the survival brain takes over. And so there's a danger. We may not even be conscious of that, but that's what's going on. And so, yes, the, the parasympathetic nervous system gets shut down and the immune system is the first thing to go because it takes a lot of energy. What has inspired you to write this book and to really want to offer amazing tools. Well, well thank you. Yes. Um, well, I'm a holistic health practitioner, and these are different things that I have worked with over decades. And um, and then I found myself in the caregiving role myself with my mother and my family. You know, and 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 I realized I had something that I wanted to offer that could help because I had a moment where I snapped and I realized I need to do something for myself. And that's when I developed, I, I mean, I've always done my own work, but it's like, how can, I, how can I have something that's simple, that's in the moment that I can then offer to those who are also in that very stressful role of caregiving? I think caregivers are something that we have, we know we're a caregiver and we know it from a very early age. And we can usually identify caregivers in our world because they're the ones that step up to the plate and start taking care of things. So it, for me, it was, it was my own experience with my mother. Um, she never lived with me here, but I was the one who was in charge of making sure her, her world happened. And this, you might not really believe this, but I knew that from the time I was four years old, that I was to be taking care of my, my mother and, you know, to calm any, any family fires. And as a little four-year-old, that became a belief that it was my job. And, and I carried that with me throughout my life, that my little four-year-old was there, that one thinking she was the one in charge, not that anybody else knew that, by the way, but, but I think that that's just, there's a, a foundational belief that caregivers have that it's their job and that that's, that's yeah. really interesting. I mean, and I, I like, I feel like there's so much to unpack with that. And I, and, and I like just to have that awareness from that age that you felt like that was your job there there's so much to that and then the fact that you carried that through how were like at what point I mean that's a that's a lot of that's and I, I use this word lightly and in quotes but kind of not because I'm trying to work on not judging it's not about judgment but it, it feels like a big burden to me for a child to have that awareness and then you carry that through life and then like that's a lot on your shoulders. So like, say you're 45 years old or even younger. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I can't breathe because I'm so busy taking care of everyone else. So it's not just your mother, then it becomes all these other people. And, and so you have the propensity to do that and talk about like the weight of that on you, um, you know, to have that awakening of, I need to do something for myself to me is, is huge. Because, you know, like, 
for for me it's like the healer heal thyself right like i if, if i don't take care of me and i don't think i've always had this awareness i think it took me a long time of like not taking care of me but if i don't take care of myself how good am i going to be at taking care of you or other people because to me i get into this weird like uh frequency around like you know, like, which I don't even know is happening where then I, I'm resentful of the, of the caretaking I'm doing because I haven't taken care of my own business, which isn't the other person's fault. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And we don't even realize that we're in that state of either resentment and, and caregivers often have this huge guilt that goes on. And it's like, I'm not doing enough for them and forgetting about themselves, but it, it really, it, it's such a cycle that goes with this. And that when we begin to know and understand that, you know, the whole, it's, it's kind of, it, it's a fact, but I think it's also become a metaphor for people. You have, if you're on an airplane and the oxygen mask drops down, you have to put it on yourself first because you're going to pass out and then you're no good to anybody. And that's the metaphor I even, mention that in my book that it's like you have to take care of yourself and if you don't you can't be taking care of anyone else in the way that is going to be really helpful in in the the biggest way so yes so how has this how are these techniques and just your awareness as even as a healthcare pra uh, pr practitioner and you know as a caretaker how has this changed your experience as a caretaker? Um, well, first of all, I, 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 I've done a lot of work on myself. I have for a number of years. And I didn't even realize with what was going on with my mother um, once I moved her here after my, my, my dad died. I didn't realize how it was building because I've always been you know, taking care of myself. I was really clear about boundaries, but all of that went out when it was, when I was called to take care of my, my mom more and more. And, um, and that I have found that, you know, the name of the book is the peaceful eye of the hurricane. I found the eye of the hurricane. That's a metaphor for the eye over here, where there's always this calm and having to come back into this. So meditation has been has been extremely important for me and and that that is one of the that's the third point of the triangle and that when I find myself in a stressful situation now it's it's more of an it becomes more of an automatic thing it's like oh okay let me take a deep breath let me go and create this space between me and what's happening outside that's how I start all of my meditations it's like stop and take a deep breath and notice a spot in front of you and create that space. And that we have to have that space that's between us and what this chaos is outside of us. And, and if we don't, we collapse into the hurricane, but that space is actually the eye of the hurricane, that peaceful eye of the hurricane. And what I have noticed for myself as I practiced over the years, over the decades is that I can be more responsive to my circumstances instead of reactive. And there's a really clear distinction in that. When we are reactive, we are, we're in that survival mode. 
But when we are responsive, it's we've taken that deep breath and we kind of come inside and then we, we, we center ourselves. I center myself and then I can find a different way to, to be in the world and I find different solutions. Not that this is something that happens every single time with every single thing. Um, however, it is something that has become more of a natural way that I that I am in the world instead of being reactive to it. It's like, oh, let me let me just take this in for a moment and create that. And so it's shifted things in my life where I can find that peace and calm throughout my day. And when I'm not there, the the time in between when that I'm in a reactive state and I'm noticing it has become shorter. So I notice the reactive state more quickly, just with these three different, three different, I call them protocols, the, the breath work, the, the tapping and the creating that space being in my body. There's so much content in your book, Levita, you address choice, like you said, immune system, stress, conscious breathing, coping with emotions, boundaries. And one of the strengths I've always found that you have that you address in this book too, is what is the story we tell ourselves? Yes. Yes. The story we tell ourselves. I've, I've, I have been aware of that, this story notion for hmm, decades and decades. And that that we're, take, we're telling ourselves a story which has nothing to do with what's going on, but that story is what throws us into that stress reaction. So being really aware of our story is one of the ways that we can create that space. We have a story, it doesn't mean that it's true, but what we do is we lean into that story and believe that it's true. And then from that belief, everything else unfolds things are bad. This is awful. You know, whatever that story is. Actually, I just posted on Facebook this morning. It was, um, it's a quote from Mark Twain. I've had many worries in my life, most of which have never happened. And, and that the, I just posted that this morning. I, I love that so much. But yeah, it's so good. And I, and I just kind of, I choose one on a couple times a week and I was looking at my list and I go, oh, I think that's the one I'll post today. I've had many worries in my life, most of which have never happened. And I, the quote, what I said at the top is how many times have you, how many times have you been stressed about something that your, um, that your imagination was making up that never happened? Because all of that stuff, all of those worries, all of the stories we create happen in our imagination. They don't happen in this present moment here. It happens in the way the mind is looking out there, labeling it, moving into the, into the part of the brain that has to do with survival and then making up some kind of a story about what's happening. Oh my, this is, this is not good. And we kind of lean into the past. We take it into the future and we miss being in the present moment with all of you that. know what's amazing is just with that piece of information basically we could take that and lean into worry and make up a story and and then create a hurricane and be swirling in the hurricane and 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 or we can come back in and tell a different story and then that can become the reality 
and then there then you can be in and then you can choose to be the peaceful eye in the midst of it because to me this is certainly about caretaking of course this is amazing to me this is this is the 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 new guide to to taking care of self and others to me this is a revolutionary piece of work that people will will read and they'll be able to use it as a as a quick guide as a long guide and 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 i can see that this book is changing people's lives already with just the knowledge that the power really is within you right so how amazing that you can make up any story you want and that can be the reality so why wouldn't you make up a story that you're gonna like you know <laughs> make up a story that feels good where you are healthy and well and have all the time in the world and the energy and the support and the abundance and da, 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 da. that is a that story sounds a lot more fun than the one where it's like a shit storm all the time right so yeah. there's so much power and what you are saying and what you're sharing with people, because this is about, this is beyond the realm of caretaking. This is like, this is like self-care, world care, all of it. And we all are caretakers of each other, even if we don't want to be, but I mean, that's what we're here to do. Exactly. It's like reaching out from our hearts, not because we are thinking somebody needs to be taken care of, but because we're here to be a container for people. When we reach out to other people thinking something is wrong with them, we're creating a victim state for them. And what we're here to do is to lift, this is my, this is now I'm coming into some things that are personal to me. We're here to lift the spirit and, and that we may not be able to have, um, uh, I have a distinction between between healing and curing. Healing is when we understand something on that that deeper level that what our purpose is here in life, and that being here and and creating the space for people to either heal or to cure two different things is really a part of what we're here, and I believe it's a part of what we are looking to to have be a part of the, the consciousness of the, of the planet at this point. But it starts from this, the peaceful eye inside. And when we can ground ourselves and then we can be there in a really, um, uh, in a really powerful way. You know, when we come from our heart and we hold the container for other people to see themselves and to understand something about, about life understand something about the heart but but i would love to to address you know why isn't that why do we make up all this this bad stuff you know that then that then starts that whole stress survival system but you know that's that's a whole that's a whole thing in itself maybe we need to do another i i think that is a whole thing in and of itself because that's a lifelong journey and I want to want to bring up too in your book you address what happens when you're not a caretaker. What if the person that you're caretaking translates? Um, where does where does that leave your story? How do you re-identify with yourself? That that's that's a really important part of of caregiving when especially for people who have been long-term caregiving which oftentimes is what happens it's not just like a 
short term. It can be like a, a crisis that get, then gets healed. Um, my son had, right when the book was going to be published, he, he developed congestive heart failure. So hit the pause button for mom six months later, but he's doing well now. But there's those short-term ones. And then there's the long-term ones that, that, that happen and that our, our, our role in this and our identity starts to get wrapped around that part, that person, what they need. And it takes a while for that to shift and that, that there's an emptiness. I've had one person describe it as um, just like living a life that you don't know that it's yours anymore because your role has been taken away from you. So you have to reinvent yourself in terms of, you know, well, what do I do now? And the, the system, there's another person that I interviewed and she talked about how her whole system was in such that um, fight or flight with all of that. And it takes a while for even that to move out that we get, we still get triggered. She was telling me this one person, she still get, would get triggered about different things, you know, because we think there's a sound in the other room. Oh, I've got to go and attend to that. And it's not there. It's kind of like PTSD for caregivers because they're so tuned into you know, the phone is ringing and then the, the immediate trigger response of like, oh, is this, is this a bad, bad call from the nursing home or whatever? And so it takes a while for that to redefine um, ourselves as caregivers and that role that has been taken about. And there's like this emptiness because we don't know who we are at that point because my role has been a caregiver. So I do address that in the, in the book because that's the, the the aftermath of, of what is happening to our to us and i can relate that to you know parenting you know people who give so much to their kids when they first you know have them and then really maybe let go of a career or a former aspect of oneself and then you put everything into these people and then the people go on to school or then they move out of your house and then you're like well what if like I don't know who I am I don't even know what I want like I'm so busy taking care of other people all the time so again I like caretaking can be for someone who is ailing but it's it's also to your point earlier Christy you know being a parent or any sort of caretaking, whether it's for a human or an animal. My mom is currently caretaking for two elderly dogs and she likens it to taking care of my aunt for two years while she was transitioning to the other side. And she, and they're, you know, I mean, it's a constant thing and, and you put those people first. So, you know, before we wrap up here in the next few minutes, cause I honestly could talk to you forever. So of course, like we need to continue every conversation with you and, and, do a series um and but what i'd love to 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 talk about or i'd love for you to share is you know we have we have this book which to, to me again it, it is a guide it is a wonderful tool so where do we start you know like what if i don't meditate i mean how many times do you talk to people who are like i can't meditate like i i heard it two weeks ago like you you know i can't stop my mind or whatever and i still think there's this interesting thought around like being a being the dalai lama when you go meditate that is not it so you know i where do we start like where where do i even go if i'm in this fight or flight 
And like, I wake up in the morning to my text about the thing I have to do for somebody else. Um, whether that's here again, a critical care situation, a child, my job, whatever I am tethered to as a caretaker. That's, and the meditation thing is really a great one. I actually address that in the book, the different myths of meditation, what people think it is and, and, and what it isn't. So that's one of the things in that, because, you know, the good news is that um, we, we can, the bad news is, let me start with that so I can end with the good news. The bad news is if you think that meditation is going to get rid of all your thoughts and emotions, uh, sorry, but the good news is you can have a different relationship with your thoughts. And that's that space that I, that I was talking about where I would suggest that somebody starts is just with that triangle of light. It's like, okay, throughout the day. And it's, it, it would, it's kind of a mindfulness turns into a mindfulness practice then because you have to notice. And when you are noticing something about what's happening in the space that you are in, you immediately are shifting your nervous system because you're bringing yourself into the present moment. So if you notice something that you can stop and take a breath and, and tap on your collarbone and just look around and, and focus on different things. Oh, I see the color red. Oh, I see a tree outside the window. And take a breath, you start to shift that. And if you start to use something like that as a practice, just little mini moments throughout the day, then that can start to give you um, a grip on life. It can start to even that moment bring you to that peaceful eye inside. And then we're gonna get focused again on what's outside. So if we can begin to just moment by moment, have those little mindfulness moments where we go, oh, I'm right here right now. I'm gonna take a deep breath. I'm gonna tap on my collarbone and I'm just gonna notice what's around me. And then notice how the stories start to file, fill in with that, all the things you have to do. But then the stories are something that can also pass by. They're all the thoughts in that stream of consciousness. And, and but just in that moment go, no, I'm just right here, right now. This, whatever I'm thinking about isn't happening in this space here. And now I can go on. So that's how I would suggest that people start. I, throughout the book, I have a lot of different um, little um, exercises that you can do um, at different times. And I, I go in and explain some of what's behind all of these things. But I would say that just that very simple triangle of light. But the biggest thing, the most difficult thing for human beings to do is to remember that they have these tools. The remembering part, when we remember, we bring ourselves into the present moment. And that's what is real with the capital R. I love it. Christy, I know you had some other questions. Is there any, is there anything else that is burning? Because I want people to order the book on Amazon because they can, you can put it on your Kindle for like less than $4, or you can actually get a real book. So I want people to order this book. Uh, everyone needs to order this book. And I, I want to share the perspective that we have an aging population and we also have it, people coming into this planet um, really sick. Um, we're going to have an autistic population. Right now it's one in 36. It's going to be one in three within 16 years. 
the best thing that we can do is prepare and share these resources. So if you're not a caretaker now, although you are, if you're in a body to yourself, get prepared. Um, don't wait till you're an overwhelmed because then it's that much harder. Yes. Yeah. And that's the, you know, we have to put that oxygen mask on ourselves first. And that's what, that's what you're saying with this right now. It's like, be prepared, know how to take care of yourself, know how to shift that nervous system. And I know that both of you do a lot of work around the, the nervous system, the fight or flight, the immune system. So, and that we need to keep our own immune system strong. And we do that in different ways. My, my approach has to do with the energy work and, um, and what we can do. The tapping is what I consider to be energy work. So, Absolutely. yes. This is so powerful. I love this. This is, it's, it just, I feel like I've been in a meditation. Um, Olivia's voice is so calming and wonderful. Um, you are such a beautiful healer and practitioner and now an author and, um, we're a thrilled for you and this next adventure and really thankful. Um, I have so much gratitude for this coming through you because this is the tool and the guide for now. And everyone needs to go get the peaceful eye of the hurricane by Levita um, PM and all that information will be in the show notes and Levita will be back to talk about caretaking and so many more things. So just stay tuned for um, what's coming up next, but we are so grateful Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your gift. You're welcome. And let me just say that, that, that my website, um, peacefuleyeofthehurricane.com, there's different tabs and the meditation tab has an 11 minute meditation that you can follow. Awesome. Well, thank you, Levita. We love you. And uh, we can't wait to see you again soon. Yes, that sounds great. I'm excited too. This has been an episode of the Wonder Life Podcast, the voice for health and wellness, where soul, science, and technology meet. You may find us on social at wonder.life, at wonderhealth, or at wonderhealth.com, and that is wonder with a U.